Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. We have had a really unique opportunity here with our Men's Health Month here in the House Call community. Yes, we have. Last week, we had an episode where we sat down with Dr. Leon Seard and talked about urology, had a lot of feedback from that episode. People really were in a classroom they were taking notes and <laughs> they they gave us a lot of feedback he presented in a good way and you know just like yeah. we talked about on the episode men don't talk about those things you're right so you, you are know, right. I was really happy to be able to start that conversation yeah and so we have some marching orders from our community definitely to go back and get some more questions answered to mm-hmm. start some other conversations with him right. as well Now, this episode (laughs) that we are releasing for this week is a little different, to say the least. For this podcast, it's very different. Very different. But I believe it is one of our best episodes. Mm. I'm going to take Poetic License Mm -hmm. because I think we can do that with the podcast. (laughs) And the reason I named this show Laughter is the Best Medicine, because in my opinion, it really is. Mm -hmm. When you look at it from a physiological standpoint, Mm -hmm. one, there are no side effects. If I may, can I take just a minute? Just a minute. Just a minute and go through a quick physiological lesson. Okay. Again, I'm taking poetic license, so we're going to go very quickly, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do just a sketch of what happens when we laugh. Mm. When we laugh, we trigger our phrenic nerve. Mm -hmm. It's attached to our diaphragm. It it innervates the Mm -hmm. diaphragm. It causes the diaphragm to contract. When the diaphragm contracts, it goes downward, which increases the negative intracavitary pressure of our lungs, mm-hmm. where our lungs are located, which opens them up, allowing us to suck in. We literally suck in oxygen. Right. The oxygen then goes down to the smaller air sacs called alveoli, where there is a rich network of blood vessels. It's a little bath. Mm. We exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide. That oxygen is now in the bloodstream, and it has its marching orders. It goes to various organs. We know that oxygen can cause vasodilation. Vasodilation is really nice for blood pressure. Mm. It lowers blood pressure. When it goes to various organs, when blood goes to various organs, there's an exchange of toxins and oxygen. Now, oxygen goes into the cells. Mm When oxygen goes into the cells, it goes to a particular place called the mitochondria. Mm. That's where our energy is released, through the Krebs cycle. So you get more energy. Mm. Let's think about one more thing. You laugh. You get an increase in your heart rate just a little bit, Mm -hmm. which pushes more blood to your brain. You have some release of other endorphins, other um, hormones that are released that bathe certain areas of the brain. Feel good stuff. You feel good. Yes. 
And we've done all of that, and we have no side effects. So, in my humble opinion, (laughs) laughter is the best medicine. Sounds good to me. So, can you tell us about our show today? Um, For those of you who don't know, Jonathan Slocum is originally from Atlanta. He talks a little bit about how we started. I guess he became a professional uh, comedian when he was helping that lady inside the grocery. groceries. That's a funny story. Funny story. But he started in Atlanta, became a radio personality at Atlanta's WBIE. And he went to Oakwood University, mm-hmm. Oakwood College. Um, that's where he met your family. Yes. Yes. Um, and then from there, you know, uh, he's going to talk a little bit about just how he became a p- professional comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really sought after because he knows how to engage an audience mm-hmm. while still still keeping it clean. Yes. Um, so some people may think he's a Christian comedian, but not necessarily so. And he talks a little bit about that mm-hmm. in the show. Um, but he just, you know, he's not going to compromise on keeping it clean. And even... Um, even by him doing that, saying that he's going to keep, you know, his status to a certain level, he's still been able to go a lot of places. Yes. Um, with his um, with his entertainment. We saw, like, he, you guys talked about his 1997 mm. VHS um, <laughs> tape, Laugh Yourself to Life. Uh-huh. He did some work on a Steve Harvey show as yeah. Clyde the Glide. Clyde That's the Glide. The funniest character, <laughs> man. Um, he did some work with Tyler Perry on Meet the Browns. Mm. Um, and even, you know, he's work, he talks about working with Aretha Franklin. Yes, right? that's that's more recent. Um, with the tour, and he's been to Essence. We've seen him on mm-hmm. social media at Essence yes. many, many years. Um, he talked about hosting a, a Jordan Branch launch, yeah. brand launch. Mm-hmm. So he's done quite a bit. Done been quite, quite a, a bit. We even saw him here in Washington, D.C., with That's one of right. Jacarius Johnson's plays. That's right. Uh, what was the name of that one? It's Cheaper to Keeper. Yeah, that was he did that way with Brian McKnight <laughs> yes. and some other stars yes. and that. So Jonathan has been, he talks about being favored uh-huh. in this episode. And when you see some of the things he's done, how his yes. life has gone, you know, it'll be hard not to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to keep us from this episode any longer. Let's, let's go ahead and hear what Jonathan had to say. Very good episode. So, let's sit down. Let's have this conversation. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Jonathan Slocum. Welcome, Jonathan, to the community. Dr. Mag, you know, I have to put you on uh, blast early on uh, to all of the listening fans out there. About 117 years ago, I had a radio show in Huntsville, Alabama at my alma mater, Oakwood University. And from time to time, I would go to the the academy and invite kids to join me on the air. And so one day I had the cute little Keisha Ware to come over and sit in with me on my radio show. And uh, at the end of the show, I said, did you have a good time? And she said, no, this is boring. And I said, so you don't want to do a radio 
uh, host, will you get, will you, will you become this host? She said, no. And now look who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I said, full circle. A full yeah, circle. circle. <laughs> but I think it's more, you know, as you get older and you're able to be more in control. And, you know, now I know I like to run my mouth. So Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It's a family trait. <laughs> Shout out to Mrs. Linda Webb. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. I have sat down with Dr. Leon Sear. I've sat down with Mrs. Donna Green Goodman. And now I'm sitting down with you. And the full circle moment is that I remember you three coming over to the Rickwood house. And you Mm -hmm. all were in college. And to me, that was just like, whoa. I want to go there one day because these guys are so cool. And it was just so fun. Whenever you guys would come, there was always laughter. There was always fun. And you all made growing up and having the responsibility seem like that was somewhere I wanted to go and be one day. And so to sit down here and actually have conversations with you guys in your various areas of profession and help us help individuals connect their health dots is just simply awesome. So the military was really awesome and ironic and well, we're believers. We know that, yes. that it was God's doing, but all of us, me, Leon and Donna, uh, are in the service of helping people in some way. Yes. You know, um, Donna through her her diets and her, her dishes and and her um, health, you know, uh, food uh, rudiments and Leon as a physician and me as a comedian. And I've learned through the years, you know, that that scripture is really true, that the body, uh, laughter does do the body good like a medicine because I don't have testimonials and emails and text messages all the time. So I just think it's kind of cool, you know, in that we're uh, three separate people uh, have been conjoined at the hip at one point, and now we're all doing something, you know, for the good of, of people's lives. That is such a great point, and that's why we're sitting down, because I have, I've, I've been able to step away from clinical medicine and use education and a platform such as podcasting to continue to educate And there's one area where I felt as if in just talking to my patients, talking to friends, that there was a disconnect. Nobody really took the time to connect their dots. I know you remember those those books where we connect the dots. You can kind of see the picture, but it wasn't until you took all the dots and connected them with a line that you were able to see the full picture. And I believe that we need to reconnect the head to the body for one and stop separating them and then understand that everything has a connection to our health. So, for instance, sitting down with you here, I, I love this show because I'm calling it Laughter is the Best Medicine. And okay. as you said, you know, when we look at the scripture and it talks about laughter doeth the, the body good or the soul good like a medicine, it really is true on a physiological and um, a sphere, a, I'm sorry, a physiological level. We can see that certain chemicals are released in the brain. 
We can also step back and see how there's certain chemicals that are released in the body. We can see that vasodilation occurs, your blood pressure lowers, your heart rate goes down. So there are some true benefits to laughter. And so I want us to meander through some of um, some of your stories that you may have, some antidotes, even some um, places where you've used laughter in your own life to get through or to get over um, a situation. So how did you get, how did you meander into the world of laughter? Can you take us through that journey? I can tell you exactly when it started. Um, we used to have a um, campground in Hawthorne, Florida called uh, the South Atlantic Conference Campground yes. in Florida. Yes. And we used to go to junior camp um, when we were in elementary school age. That would be, um, um, and my, at that time, my, I guess my roommate, so to speak, Dane Timpson and I were very close back then. And um, I remember going to camp, and one morning, the um, a camp counselor said to me, she said, uh, no, 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 I said, good morning, because I always say good morning. And she said, what's good about it? And then I said, well, you woke up. Hmm. And th- that kind of triggered something from that point. And then from there, I just started becoming involved in um things that were considered, you know, entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know that I could be doing this as a career until Oakwood. Uh, one year, um, I had gotten a, a um, partial scholarship at Oakwood. Okay. And at the, at the conclusion of my, um, my time, I was packing getting ready to go because I had run out of money. My scholarship was over. Wow. And uh, the uh, the ladies of Cunningham Hall invite, invited me over to worship service my last night, which is, of course, you're not supposed to do that unless it's prearranged. So I went there, and at the end of the um, of the night, one of the ladies went up front, and she said, before we end, we have a presentation to make, and asked me to come to the front. And I went to the front, and she said, Jonathan, we heard that you're leaving us tomorrow. She started crying. And she said, this campus wouldn't function without you. So, and then she um, asked this, these two young ladies came down the central aisle with one of those outdoor uh, garbage cans uh, filled with money. And the student body had raised money for me to stay two more years, like from their own accounts and asking for money from their parents. And, and um, that's what I knew. I'm probably going to be doing something in this thing, you know. Wow. And, and that's when, you know, God said, okay, I need you to, you know, bring joy and laughter to my people. And that's pretty much where it all started. Wow. I never knew that part of your story. This mm-hmm. is phenomenal. It's amazing yeah, yeah. how little things, little little milestones in our lives can can lead us down a certain path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I was I was telling somebody about this very recently. I forgot about this one really major story that happened when I was actually on my way to junior camp. Um, I'm from Atlanta, and I had a part time job at our local grocery store because uh, I wanted to take some, you know, little, little spending money. Right. Well, my first week at this grocery store. 
This lady came in, and I was bagging groceries, and I was, you know, smiling and having people laugh or whatever. And she really liked me, so she said, I want you to take my my um, groceries to my car. I said, yes, ma'am. She had four grocery carts filled with groceries because she had a big event she was going to be doing. Wow. And she gave me $5 per cart. What? So now I'm 10 years old, and I just made $20. Wow. <laughs> now, wow. You, you know, back then, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I didn't know until much, much later who the woman was. Well, this was the mother of Dr. Martin Luther King. Excuse me? Dr. King's mother. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when are you writing your book? So so when is your book coming out? I'm just going to no, put that whatever, there. Anyway. I'm just going to no, leave that out there in the, in the sphere. I'm just going to leave yeah, that out so there in the I sphere. Just, wow. Yeah, that was Mrs. King. Wow. $20. And needless to say, I didn't know who she was, but all I know is I just made $20. That's it, right. So, so I went inside the store and I quit. You quit over twenty dollars. Well, that's true. That's true. Twenty dollars was a lot. So I'm not working anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So you you you've this is another opportunity. You you've met somebody that has influenced your life. You you've gone to Oakwood. You you realized too that you could actually um, give people value and laughter Mm -hmm. and helping them. And then right. to me, I mean, from my perspective, you guys kind of left me, you know, it was all I knew was that you left. I didn't understand graduation and that you did have <laughs> lives, you know, it was just, okay, the guys left. But I remember then over the years, there were opportunities where you would come back to your alma mater. Um, mm-hmm. I remember there were times where you would host certain events during alumni weekends. And there mm-hmm. was also... Um, there was also your recording. Could you tell us about those those various opportunities and how that possibly led up to your recording, your first recording? Oh, well, um, yeah. Um, one of the things that I still enjoy to this day, I love gospel music, even though it's changed quite a bit, but mm-hmm. I love gospel music. And then um, when I returned back to Atlanta, I uh, was co-director along with the great Daryl Alexander, Uh, And, you know, I was a choir director. And so our choir in Atlanta was called the Harmonizing Co-Eds. And we we become very known around the city. And so whenever we have performances, I would, you know, be me and I would intro the songs. And it would be most times in a comedic way. Uh And so so people kind of taking note, people are kind of taking note of that. Because back then, you know, you didn't have anything comedic uh, wow. involved with gospel music. Right. So the word kind of spread, you know, around the country. Then I started traveling, doing it. And then um, I got invited to Chicago to do a concert, uh, a gospel concert that was headlined by a new a cappella group called Take Six. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, of course, I knew... All the members, mostly Claude, though, because he's closer to my age. And so their manager at the time, Gail Hamilton, liked, you know, the combination of me 
of comedy with Take Six mm-hmm. because we had such a diverse audience. So then I, on the weekend, started touring with them, wow. and I was uh, working at AT and T as an account rep during the week. And I looked at the, an AT and T check, but I looked at my Take Six opening check, and uh-huh. I was like, "Dear AT and T, I hear you. I hear you." Oh, and wow. So, you know, so then from there, you know, the word kind of got out about this guy. He's, he's clean. He's, uh, non-offensive. Um, he dresses well. Mm-hmm. He loves his mom and he loves God. And, and so the word kind of went out, kind of gone out there. And then, um, um, the people at HBO and all of those saw me and I did the HBO Death Comedy Jam. And then after that, I got signed to Warner Brothers. Uh, for a five-record deal to do a comedy uh, series. And I did the first one, and then after that, that whole um, division of Warner Brothers, they closed uh, closed that division. Oh, wow. And they released myself and a little-known gospel artist that some people may know uh, named Donnie McClurkin. Uh, So we were all labeled at one time. And that kind of, I think it kind of, you know, started the whole idea of what um, it was called, or still is called gospel or Christian comedy. I don't work under that moniker alone anymore, uh-huh. but okay. it, it, a lot of people still do it, and it kind of started this whole, uh, whole thing. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, my okay, let's see. At this time, I believe... If our lives are syncing up, I do remember at one point where I went off to medical school, and that was in Los Angeles. Uh, Well, a little um, suburb of Los Angeles, Loma Linda University. And you were out. Wait, wait, but let me stop you on that. See, that was a shock to me. I didn't even know you were smart. I mean, (laughs) you know. I kind of lost contact with you. I didn't know what you were doing. I always thought you were cute. You know, oh, you probably end up being, doing something nice in Huntsville. I didn't know. And then somebody said, the doctor, you remember Keith Webb? said, yeah. Well, it's Dr. Webb. I'm like, what? 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 Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea he even had an interest in medicine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of my thing from probably about seven, seventh grade or something like that. Well, I, I never knew. Kind of knew. Okay. I love science and everything. But I get I get out to California, and I believe that you were out there at a, at a time where we kind of lived in California together around the same time, mm-hmm. but you were doing your, you know, doing your thing. But I do remember my parents. Now, Mommy and Daddy, Daddy would always send me, you know, encouraging stuff, um, CDs or DVDs from church or, you know, mm-hmm. little encouraging things. And they sent me one, a DVD of you called Laugh Yourself to Life. Uh, correction. That oh. was a VHS. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was. You are right. You are right. You are right. And it's so yeah. funny because my kids have no idea what VHS is. No. And I, that was one of my go-tos to release the stress of studying, mm-hmm. of medical school, of test, of going on the wards, of waking up at three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a release. And, and that's where we go back to laughter is the best medicine because yeah. I could sit there and not just because it was you and I knew who you were, but I could really relate one to what you were talking about in your mm-hmm. video. 
And mm-hmm. two, you could just sit there and allow yourself to have those belly laughs, you know, the the real yeah. from down deep. And you can yeah. literally feel the stress just release off your shoulders. Yeah, well, well, you know, funny, because I think what you're saying is the reason why, um, you know, God gave me the, the, the name for it. Because people used to always say, boy, ooh, I just laughed myself to death. And then um, I said, I don't want to be the, the reason why you die, so how about you laugh this up to life? I like that. And they were like, whoa, that's what the lady, uh, Demetrius Alexander said, I like the title. I like so that's that. What, that's what came up. Wow. So you've had some opportunities um, out of out of a side of that to be featured on television and some series as well. Could you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about those? Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes when I just kind of think back, I've been very fortunate and very blessed. You know, the word favor, when you look in the dictionary and you see the word favor, it should just say, uh, see Jonathan Slocum. Mm. My whole career has just been based on favor. Wow. You know, um, when I um, I came out to L.A. to live, um, not because I wanted to. I had no intention. I came out here. I came out to MC his wedding reception. Mm-hmm. But right before that, I had done the Stellar Awards, and I had gotten this business card from this really strange-looking white guy named Lou Adler. And oh. he just said, you know, uh, I like your work. If you're ever in L.A., give me a call. I was like, oh, okay, because he looked like, you know, you get a lot of business cards. You yeah. to meet a lot of people. Well, okay. So when I came out here, um, I, I decided to, to hit him up. And decided um, to hit him up. And then um, I called him. I said, I'm going to be in town. So he said, well, come to my office and let's talk. So I drove this winding road to the top of some mountain almost. At, in Malibu, mm. and as it turns out, Lou Adler is one of the most uh, successful, the most, I can even describe his importance to the entertainment okay. uh, spectrum. And you're ed- uh, educating me because I'm not that well-versed in the in the ed- entertainment arena, so keep going. <laughs> uh, okay, well, well, well Lou Adler... Um, he owns the Roxy Theater in in L.A. He and he wow. pretty, he um, uh, discovered Cheech and Chong, a okay. comedy duo. Uh, people who know comedy know who that is. Um, he's a multi 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 millionaire. Okay. And so he he said, okay, so do uh, you live out here? And I said, no, no. He said, I saw you at Stellar Water, and I want to do something with you. I don't know what yet, but you are an amazing talent. And I think I can do for you uh, within the community of people who like clean and wholesome like Bill Cosby, uh, the same as I did with teaching songs. So hmm. I want to record you. Wow. I said, well, great. He said, so um, how long are you going to be out here? I said, well, I'm, I'm leaving. He said, well, why don't you move out here? I said, because I can't afford to live out here. <laughs> so he pulled out his checkbook and wrote me a check for $20,000. And he said, go get yourself and come back. And this might be the first time I ever looked at a white man and said, yes, sir. <laughs> and um, I came back. And uh, so being out here, um, people who, who knew my work were just pretty much just saying, look, we want you to be a part of this or that. So Steve Harvey said, come, you know, yeah. comes into fruition. And um, they um, gave me a part uh, as one of the high tops in his vocal group on this 
with the storyline of the Steve Harvey show. Right. And, and uh, then later on, Byron Allen had a talk show. I did his show. And, okay. And, you know, it, it, it just kept coming. And wow. Because people respected my work and thought I was gifted and, and uh, know that I wouldn't offend the audience. And so, I mean, it's, it's a long list of uh, things. I think one of the bigger things is I've done the Image Awards out here in L.A., and that one year, uh, they honored uh, Michael Jordan, mm. and on my comedy, laughed a lot, I did a little bit about him, and I did it in front of him. He laughed so hard, and, and I was killing it the whole night, and then two days later, Michael Jordan calls my house. Whoa. Then, Hello, Whoa. hey, hey, it's Mike, Michael, Mike Jordan. Like, yeah, who is this? It's Michael Jordan. Who is this, man? I'm thinking somebody's playing a joke. Yes. And then he has the phone to his secretary, and she said, well, that was Michael Jordan. He's launching uh, his own uh, brand uh, with Nike called the Jordan brand, and he's launching it uh, tomorrow in Vegas. And I know it's last minute, but he wants you to host the opening. Would you mind coming to Vegas and hosting the launching of the Jordan brand at the Bellagio Hotel? And I said, give me one second. Uh, yes. Hello. <laughs> And he flew me down, and he was in the background saying, can he come, can he come? And uh, that was one of the you know, pivotal points in my career. Not many people know about it because I have a big publicist and everything, but when Jordan Brand launched, it was hosted by Townsend Sokum. Wow. That is awesome. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Jonathan, I'm, I'm starting to think about real, um, just everyday life and how – you know, we all, all of us have to get up and we have to put one foot in front of the other. Um, life will, I remember, um, Pat, um, President Rock, who was president of Oakwood University at one time, he used to say to the graduates when they would... Go on, go on, go on, go on. Not a, yes, yes. And he would say before that, that the world was waiting with open arms, mm-hmm. but with a club on every hand, on, in each right. hand, ready to knock you down. So when mm-hmm. life knocks you down, when life mm-hmm. comes at you, um, how do you how do you get back up? How do you keep putting one foot in front of the other? You know, you know, at, at this point in my life, I just um, you know I want to make a want to make a difference uh, in people's lives, and um, you know I want to be successful. You know, I want to leave a legacy for my son. Um, you know, I want to just be able to you know, continue to make history in, in things that I do, you know, and I have some, you know, pretty monumental things I've done and um, you know, I want to make my family proud and more importantly, I want to make, you know, God proud. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's it's not always easy, you know, right. there are times when bookings don't come and I still have never really had a really good team surrounding me with managers and agents and all that. It's just mm-hmm. been favor. Mm. And, um, you know, and living by faith. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been working out. Wow. Jonathan, like I, I was saying, that we talk about how we've got to put one foot in front of the other. There are times mm. where life will will have clubs in each hand ready to knock us down. And mm. I said to you, what do you do when you're knocked down, when life throws curveballs at you? Because I know you're not standing with a mic in your hand every day. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we get a false sense when we only see people 
um, at snippets of time in their lives. And I was asking you, what do you do to help keep putting one foot in front of the other? I, I, I tell people um, that it's no coincidence that the entertainment capital of the world is Los Angeles. Hmm. Because regardless of how hard it can be or how disappointed things can turn out, if you step outside, Man, this weather would just make you smile, you know. Wow. And you know, taking a walk sometimes can just do a lot for you. Hmm. Just you know, no care. Just take a walk, breathe in the air, enjoy the sunshine, you know. And then every time I do that, God always sends some. See, for me, all it takes for me is one person. Mm-hmm. to make laugh or smile in a given day. I don't have to be, I enjoy big crowds and I've had big crowds, but, you know, that one person at the checkout at, at Ralph's or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody at the traffic light who just looks like they're down or I have an opportunity every day to make somebody laugh. Wow. That's what I do for other people. It makes me feel good. And then for me, you know, some people think it's unfortunate, but I enjoy television. I have some shows I can turn on, and I just laugh myself to life. <laughs> you, know? you know, and uh, and now thanks to the wonder of Netflix and yes. on demand, you know, you know, you can get whatever you want. Absolutely. So I'm just a, you know, my my I'm, my energy just comes from knowing that I have this this ability to uh, make people, you know, feel good about life and laugh and, and, um, and, and the promise that God gives us all that we can have anything we want if we just have faith and believe and believe in him. So, wow. you know, that is that's... awesome. That is awesome. We usually get, I'm looking at our time and we're coming down to the end of wrapping up this conversation. And of course, I'm going to, um, ask you to, Put us on your calendar again so that you can come back and sit down in the community with us one more time. Um, But Wendell, my husband, actually just went online this weekend and he purchased off of iTunes your Live from Chicago. Oh, nice. Yes, yes. So can you tell us about Live from Chicago and anything else that you have going out there? Tell us about it. What's going on with Jay Slope Okay. All right. Well, um... You know, one of the things I do a lot of, I MC and host events, and I found out that I'm a lot of people's favorite comedians, so they just hire me for things. So President Barack Obama's church in Chicago, before he became president, uh, wow. have, had a have a new pastor. Of course, the great Jeremiah Wright was the pastor when he was there. Uh-huh. Uh, but since a gentleman by the name of Otis Moss Jr. is the new pastor, and when he was being uh, celebrated as a new pastor, he wanted to have a night of, you know, fun and a night of uh, everybody who sings in the church and the dancers and all that. Everybody performed. And I was the, you know, like the headliner. Okay. So I did his church, and uh, it was a packed house, thousands of there. And at about 11 o'clock, I hit the stage, p.m. Wow. And, and for the next two hours, what? I had, yeah, I did a two-hour set. Because the people wouldn't move, and the, and 
sometimes the energy is so high you just can't stop. Yeah, yeah. And so I always ask for a, a copy of my performance when I got it back. It was really high quality. And uh, so I asked permission from the from Pastor Monk if I could edit it down and, and put it out for retail. He said he wants his church to have a new uh, reputation because of things that uh, Jeremiah Wright has said. Mm. So. Yeah, I did it, and um, you know, it's been out there for a couple of years now. People are people are enjoying it. Yes, yes, and that is the beauty about technology now, because, like you said, this was out a couple of years ago, and we ran across mm-hmm. it this weekend, and now yeah, we're yeah. enjoying it, and the kids are enjoying it. So this is, this is wonderful. This is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. What do you have on the horizon? What's coming up for you? Well, um, I, you know. Again, favor, uh, did an award show and a certain lady was, she liked my work and she called my house. Wow. <laughs> didn't find me. And she says, Hey, Jonathan, this is Aretha Franklin. How are you? And I was oh, like, Wow. What? <laughs> wow. And she said, I saw you at the, uh, Trumpet Awards and I really want to know if you would come out and, on the road with me for a little while. I was like, uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so I've been doing dates with her. I'll be with her out here in L.A. at the Nokia Theater uh, in a couple of months. And um, I'm, I've done the Radio City Music Hall with her in New York, and I've done the Apollo Theater. I mean, I, the woman, you know, she's been keeping me pretty busy. It's the same, um, at least. <laughs> you know, we're, we're working on a um, TV show that I'm, you know, we're trying to produce something right now. So. Okay. You know, God is faithful, and he's doing this thing and helping me to, to learn how to trust in him. I, I can't overemphasize that because yes. when you have faith, you don't have to worry about things. Wow. Just know he, you know, God got you. That's right. That's right. So before you leave, can mm-hmm. you think of a tip of the day that you could give our community? Absolutely. And it was, um, I got permission to adopt a catchphrase, a line, uh that was uh, made popular by someone we both know, mm-hmm. one of the greatest voices in the world in the name of Whitley Phipps. Yes. And, yes. and I use this and I tell people this all the time and I live by this. Whitley used to say at the end of his concert and now I say at mine and I tell anybody that you can be, uh, you don't have to compromise to be recognized. Mm. And that just always spoke volume to me because in whatever walk of life you're in, just stand firm to whatever you believe in and don't compromise on it, then you'll be recognized as long as you don't compromise. You know, believe in what you, I believe firmly. People have told me, Jonathan, man, you're an attractive guy. You, you know, the women like you. You would just, you know, just throwing a few cuss words in that man, you would be, man, you would be like, no, nah, that's not what I do. I'm not going to do it. You know, my allegiance is to my faith first and my mentor, I don't care what media says, Bill Cosby is the man. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep his, I want to keep his tradition alive. So don't compromise just to be recognized. I'm going to let that sink in. We're going to leave yes, it sir. right there. Till next time, community, we'll see you back here. Bye.